Welcome, everybody, to the Dual Threat Podcast. We are here to talk with you about the most wild weekend in perhaps NFL history, the divisional round week. We recap all four games and talk about the upcoming games for championship weekend. Only three games of football left, so we got to live it up and enjoy it while it lasts. We finish up as well with a little bit of basketball talk, some college basketball, some NBA all your favorites, and we can't wait to have you on the show. Welcome out to today's episode of the Dual Threat Podcast. Scooter is in-house, well, over the wavelengths, as always. I'm so excited to be talking about this last week in the NFL. It was the divisional round, quite possibly the best divisional round we've ever had. Scooter, how are you feeling today? What's going on, man? How is life? What's new? I am about as emotionally exhausted from sports as I think I've ever been. I feel like I, I feel like I just lasted like 10 rounds in like the most intense boxing match, but like Evander Holyfield was just freaking wailing on me all weekend long, like between not only the 49er game and the double overtime KU game last night and the 17 point comeback um, on Saturday not to mention all the NFL drama that we had. Like I just am just, I'm beat is all you can say. I'm ready. I'm ready for a a nice uh, short break till next weekend. You know, I I'm going to be honest as, as a guy on the outside watching these teams, I was shocked. You did not go into cardiac arrest. Your heart didn't skip a beat or something. (laughs) I am just so shocked that you survived through the weekend, but I'm so glad you're here. At this point, yeah, that, that like it was probably my heart probably looked like a or you know the uh, win probability model everybody was throwing around for the Bills oh, yeah. piece where it was like that was that was essentially like just what my heart my heart was just literally just bouncing from the lowest end of the spectrum to the highest end like all weekend long. So the 49ers game, um, to, to uh, uh, like just focusing on that was enough of just heart attack central. And then you combine all of it together. And I'm just, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I'm still here either. Okay. One last question before we move on. How many years do you think you lost on your lifespan after this weekend? I'm at least 75 years old to after, after this weekend. Like, so yeah, probably lost about 50 years. (laughs) I feel like I'm a 75 year old man. Just, just like uh, emotionally, withered wise like my bot like i had to use like the hypervolt uh or theragun um massage gun on my my uh like back and neck all all weekend long that's you how were- i yeah that's how bad. i need physical therapy just from watching my own teams you that's were going stiff neck you could barely move in the chair you had a you, yeah. you had to have the swivel chair Fortunately, when I'm watching games, I don't need to turn one bit, but I, <laughs> as people who know me know, I, I don't sit down the entire game. So I, I'm getting just as, as good of a workout as well. So that's probably why. That's good. That's a good thing. Well, 
We're glad you're here, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks when you have to go in for hip surgery, heart surgery, whatever it may be in your old age, we'll, we'll be thinking about you. The listeners will really be thinking about you there. Yeah. I can't make fun of Big Ben anymore after this weekend. <laughs> I feel the same way as Big Ben, honestly. This is your Big Ben game. This is yeah. your Big Ben podcast. You yeah. are really fighting yeah. through the injuries right now. Battling. Wow. It's true. Well, good. Let's start off with the first game of last week, man. This... So let's just kind of do the recap, like how we do. I just want to say that this was the most amazing divisional round in NFL history for me. It was the lowest margin of victory in a divisional round ever. Total of 15 points separated these teams. The previous was 19 points. Just totally, totally insane. Let's dive into game one, Bengals versus Titans. You called it. You said the Bengals were going to win. I thought that they had a chance if they could get to Joe Burrow. They ended up sacking him nine times and still lost the game. (laughs) And that's kind of thanks to Ryan Tannehill and his first play of the game interception and his last play of his game interception. Um, And what a bad interception that was. Really forced. He didn't need to force it at all. I don't know why he did that, but really it came down to the, the Bengals have no offensive line. They really need to fix that. I don't know how they're going to do it against the Chiefs next week, but the Titans just had too many mistakes that they made that really allowed the Bengals to be in this game. And uh, a guy we hi- highlighted earlier in the year, Evan McPherson from Florida, mm. oh, um, yeah. was kind of the game winner, came up clutch. Did you see his quote to, to Joe Burrow before the last kick as well? I I reminisce on it i think it's something like uh oh yeah we're gonna win this game or something like that yeah he's well he said right before he lined up the or right before he went out for the the kick to to win it um he told joe burry he's like i guess we're going to the afc championship game oh, which that's is that's so just the, that's, the, that's the kind of swag you want from a kicker i guess like rookie kicker has no no doubt in his mind honestly as a kicker you probably have to be that way to be successful but Dude, you, you, that's oh. that's the crazy thing. Let me talk about this real quick. Kickers are the biggest head cases in the NFL. And if you can get a confident one like Justin Tucker or now Evan McPherson, you may Robbie, have a pre- Robbie Solid Gold. Robbie Solid Gold, maybe. <laughs> you, you now have potentially a kicker of the future. You know, that's not talked about much, but we all know special teams is a third of the game and we saw it really on display this weekend. Yeah, you you love harping on that one, and this was a great weekend to uh, to, to hammer that home that point home for you. For the 49ers, um, the we'll talk about that more. We'll talk yeah. about that oh, more. Yeah. Tell me what you were gonna say. I was just gonna say like you you couldn't script um, more like inopportune turnovers for the Titans to have than like that with like Tannehill was just was honestly just a mess and. It's weird because he's kind of got the reputation that like he won't ever lose you a game. Um, and he, he he's he's somewhere on the spectrum of like he's better than than one of those game managers like Garoppolo. He's kind of in like that Kirk Cousins territory, I guess you could say. Of a, he's Mr. A average. Quarterback. Yeah. But at the same time, like he has also been like capable of showing like he can have the the huge explosive games where he has four touchdowns all of a sudden and he runs for a ton of yards and this game he was like 
just the complete opposite of what everybody expected him to be worth. He, he, he was pretty much, in my opinion, the sole reason they lost that game. Like the, the forced throw at the end where all they have to do is essentially kneel on the ball and he's trying to make a play out of nothing when they only had 20 seconds. He was trying to be Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds and he had 30 seconds and threw one of the worst picks uh, I've seen all year, which just gave the Bengals a victory, honestly. So that was the story of the game for me is like, do the Titans, I, I thought Titan Hill, they might be able to get away with him for a few more years. I don't know if they can now, if they really want to win a Super Bowl. I have him on my trade list over here. Uh, really shocker. interesting. I only have him in one trade, but it's a really interesting, very interesting trade. Yeah. One thing I was impressed by with Tannehill is when he threw that one interception and he still was able to chase down the guy. I got to see his athleticism at work, even in his older age. <laughs> you got to see why he was a wide receiver at uh, Texas A&M first. Maybe that's why, about. maybe that's why like we always think so many great things of him because he's really not that awesome, but he's six foot five and he's fast. So like maybe we're like deceived sometimes by like, oh, he's got all the physical attributes you need. Yeah, I never think of that, though, with him for some reason. Like, I know he, he's he's definitely, like, the sneaky fast. Like, you see him scramble, and then you're like, oh, yeah, he's 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 got some good got some good pace to him. And then for some reason, I always think he's, like, 6'2". I didn't realize he was 6'5". Yeah, he's a big dude. He's, he's a big like, dude. He's like Josh Allen without all of the muscle and rocket arm. Then. Let me – let me – yeah, <laughs> well yeah <laughs> like let josh me, allen with all the traits that make josh allen josh allen yeah oh yeah let, okay. i'm looking up his height real quick he's only six four not six five okay i was getting a little yeah, little hyped up a little bit generous there can we talk about how so derrick henry comes back or whatever right and he has like a very meh game like obviously the hype was unreal for him coming back for this playoff game and the Bengals did a really good job of, of like containing him for the most part what's funny is their backup uh Deonta Foreman or whatever he literally looks like he literally looks like uh Derrick Henry reincarnated he's mm-hmm. just got the number seven he's got that same set of like asparagus haircut coming out of his like it looks like just a bundle of asparagus uh, coming out of the back of his helmet just like Derrick Henry and he's like the same size same build and he had a really good game and it almost seemed like they should have been giving the ball to him more than, than, than forcing it with a guy who had a steel plate or whatever he did in his foot like Henry did. And, and it's super interesting that they kept going to Henry in key situations, which I would totally do too. He's your best player on your team. Yeah. But he wasn't having as great of a game, you know, and no. I, I don't know. Donta Foreman, I did just go and check it. He's 6'1", 236 pounds. That's, that's a pretty burly boy. Tank. Oh, guys, yeah. a tank. We didn't talk about the Bengals really at all. I guess we'll talk about them more in a little bit. But well, let's talk about them a quick little okay. bit. You know, but Joe Burrow had himself a game. He did get sacked nine times. So uh, that's that's one thing that was talked about before the draft. Jamar Chase or Penay Sewell, and I think they really need to figure that out this offseason whenever it comes for them. But just the offense that this Bengals team has. And if the defense, if it continues playing the way it has been, where it's been getting pressure, it has been playing fairly well. It's been overperforming. This Bengals team really is a really good team. And going forward in the future, I would be so happy if I was a Bengals fan, having Joe Burrow potentially being in that similar class as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes going forward. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's fair to say Bengals fans, yeah, that could not have expected this one bit, even with Burrow coming back from, uh, from a great rookie season before the ACL tear. The Bengals had the third lowest odds of any team in the NFL to win to win the Super Bowl this year. I should have so, bet them. Should have bet the mortgage. Yeah, I don't know how we didn't. I don't know what we were thinking. I think the only the Jets and the Jaguars had worse odds. In the Over the game. Lions and Texans? Oh, the Lions. I don't remember. It, I, I just know they, they were the third last. So They were like plus 12,000 at one point in the season or something like that. Maybe it was like week three, they were plus 12,000 to win the Super Bowl. I, mean, I could have bought a house if I bet on that. Gosh, <laughs> but but you got like Joe Burrow's becoming like America's darling child. Like he was at LSU, but now like just this like this he's he's a lovable story. But boy, we don't want to see him be done. He, we don't want to see him be Andrew Luck and be gone from the NFL in six years because he has no organs working left. You know, like I think it's fair to say they made the right choice with Chase. And it's also fair to say they should have drafted or should have worked on the line more. I don't know. I think both arguments are perfectly yeah. valid. Yeah. I agree with yeah. you. I, yeah. It's so interesting to think about Joe Burrow. I didn't like him at LSU. Um, yeah, he comes across very, very cocky. And it's very the Ohio State. It's because he left Ohio State. <laughs> no, that Ohio State chose to go with Dwayne Haskins over him. I don't blame him one bit for that. It's everything he seemed just so very cocky, but listening to him in interviews and, and him talking and everything, it, it's not cocky to me anymore. He's just very self-confident and I love that. So that's a good trait for him going forward. I, I really appreciate that. And I like Joe Burrow now. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's just like an honest, honest down to earth dude. Like he's, he's if Blake Bortles was really good at football <laughs> is what it is in my opinion. Like if Blake Bortles had like the, like the arm, just the intangibles, like you have to be somewhat on the spectrum of self-confident somewhere in between. I mean, two of your favorite athletes of all time, Kobe Bryant and Tom Brady as cocky of players as there's ever been confident so, players confident. Both, they, they tipped they they swung on the pendulum back and forth <laughs> their career so anyway that's probably enough on Bengals titans though well let's move on to your game then niners versus packers this one i'm i i like i said i'm shocked you didn't have a heart attack this weekend this one was just totally crazy remember special teams is one third of of the game unless you're the 49ers then it's two thirds of the game but why don't you give us a little rundown on this game for us here scooter well it's three thirds of the game for the packers honestly because that was (laughs) just about the entire reason they they lost um when we had shuby on i remember when we had shuby on i definitely had big doubts about uh behorquez and mason crosby and their relationship and and it, it really came down to mason crosby it's wild. It's, yeah, I mean, came down to, yeah, just the, the entire unit as a whole. Like, they did not do a single thing well. But burying the lead, that I, this was just a completely ugly game on all accounts. And probably the reason I never went into cardiac arrest is because the whole time I sat there watching just thinking, how the heck are the 49ers still within, like, one score the entire game? Like, they could not get anything going offensively. Obviously, like it being 10 degrees, there was clear struggles. Like there was Jimmy G was actually pretty good in the first quarter, throwing 
passing wise, like just had guys like George Kittle and Juwan James, it's crucial drops at different points. Um, but aside from that first drive of the Packers, we had literally like nothing to be excited about um, <laughs> on either side of the, like the either side pretty much because just the offense was just, it was just abysmal. And I heard all week from Packers fans how excited they were to play in the cold, how excited they were for Jimmy G to, <laughs> to come in with that sore thumb and sore shoulder into the cold. And I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't tell much of a difference between Jimmy G and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers the entire game with how they played. Like it, I don't think it was really an advantage at all uh, from a cold perspective. So, okay. Let me um, say one thing about this. I, uh, I, I questioned yeah. this the whole day. I have two things to say, actually. One, I remember texting you at halftime and being like, man, the 49ers are right in this. And you're like, I, yeah, I don't feel too bad about this, which is really good. Yeah. Yes. The second thing is I had a question to myself the whole game. How did mm -hmm. the Packers have two franchise quarterbacks for 30 years and never build a QB friendly stadium? I was, I, I just questioned that the whole time. Yeah. I, I, because they somehow their ancient fans are convinced that like, this is just the way it has to be. It's just like tradition at its finest. Like they, they are set in like the, the Vince Lombardi era and like, they just like hard nosed football yet for some reason they have like two of the biggest, like most talented quarterbacks of all time. And so you're right. It literally makes no sense that they've just like convinced themselves that cold weather is the way that they're going to get an advantage rather than like, having a better quarterback than 90% of the league pretty much for 30 years. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. I'm shocked, but continue on, continue telling us about this game. No, what your I, thoughts as a 49ers fan I, were. I, I was just going to, I, the, I just need to give credit to the 49ers defense because as, as bad as Rogers was, a lot of it was contributed by the pressure the 49ers were able to get the, the probably the biggest swing of the game outside of the block punt. Um, touchdown was the Fred Warner fumble, uh, forced fumble on the second drive. The Packers were moving it again, and Fred Warner completely halted momentum. Shout out the BYU legend. That was that was <laughs> a huge play by him, and probably the reason that the 49ers could even they they obviously weren't getting 14 points. They only finished with 13, and and uh, <laughs> and none of those were from the offense. So. It's just it was it was a crazy game. The Niners became the first playoff team um, in 40 years to block a kick and block a punt um, in the same game, and like they just somehow they did they did they're just a gritty team, man. They are just they are literally the New York Giants reincarnated. It just it just seems like that's their destiny if they do win the Super Bowl after all. It would be very interesting. They've got to sign David Tyree is all I'm going to say. They've got to find him somewhere out there. That name just. <laughs> Don't speak that name in my household to... <laughs> scooter. I'm sitting in my, my apartment. Just. It still can't even come into my place. That's not a, that's, that's a name that will die for me in infamy. He who shall not be named for sure. It, but... He is like my Voldemort. Oh, I can't deal with David Tyree. Oh. I, I do have one question for you if, if you've finished up your wrap up here. Yeah, that's that was more than enough to wrap up such a pitiful game. But good thing for two thirds of the fighting. two thirds of the 49ers team was special teams. I love that. My yeah. question I have for you here is which would you rather have 
five years, five years, which would you rather have for the next five years okay. or going forward in the future, however long you want to? Jimmy G scraping by wins, but still oh being gosh. so bad. Nope. I can't, or, my heart can't take it anymore. Or Trey Lance being amazing and fun to watch, but can't win in the playoffs. Zero playoff wins ever. Oh, I don't want to. Dak Prescott type stuff. Yeah. So I would take Jimmy G, even despite, I, I probably would only live for another five years um, with Jimmy <laughs> G. But at the same time, like, I would like to see more playoff wins in my lifetime. So I don't think anyone would ever take a, like a stab at the, like the known commodity. I, I will never see a team win the playoffs ever again. I, I might as well just go be a Lions fan. Well, you know, if, if he didn't win in the next five years, you could just trade him away. But like, yeah. it's just like, which would you rather have like potential for Trey to be of this amazing QB, but the rest of the team not be very good. I don't know. It was just an interesting thought in my mind. I, I, that's why I'm still a Fortinaires fan. I, I fortunately get a root for a team and not just a quarterback. Um, and I would much rather see a great team. I listen as a Fortinaires fan, no one's more accustomed to, to bad quarterback play in their <laughs> life than me. The best quarterback I've ever seen play for us was one year of Colin Kaepernick. So not like, Jeff Garcia. I, the Jeff Garcia days, those were, those were very little Scott. So I, I <laughs> sure, I sure I got to witness him as a six-year-old. I didn't really know what I was watching very much though. So, okay. Okay. So no Jeff Garcia. I, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. So I, I'd take Jimmy G it, as long as I can possibly handle him. I, just at this point, it's like they they should be okay to move on. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think so. Well, let's move on to the next game. This was the first Sunday game. The Rams versus Buccaneers. Another NFC West team here playing against my guy Tom Brady, 45-year-old Tom Brady mm. in Tampa Bay. So pretty interesting. Um, Tampa Bay obviously won the Super Bowl last year in Tampa Bay. This was an incredible game. Uh, the defense for the Rams really put a ton of pressure onto Brady. Aaron Donald had an amazing game. It, it just felt like, you know how things always feel like they go right for Brady? For about three quarters, it felt like they weren't going to go right. And then all of a sudden, it felt like, I, I had texted you at, at halftime and I said, I've seen this story way too many times. I know Brady's <laughs> yeah. going to come back. I've seen Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. And so for three quarters, I was like, it's really not going to happen. My wife was even like, I'm so excited. Let's watch Brady lose. She was <laughs> so excited to watch Brady lose. Wow. And then wow. by the end of the game, she was cheering for the Buccaneers. It was such a wild swing of emotions. And I don't know. The best way I can wrap it up is the Buccaneers really played bad for three quarters. And then all the luck of Tom Brady's life. It, it, it always happens. It always, always happens. The Buccaneers come in, they fight back, and then Cooper Cup goes off for 70 yards on one play. So interesting Man. game, super awesome, super fun game to watch. The, yeah, the Bucks were down, what, 27 to 3. They avoided, the Rams avoided, that was the whole difference in the game. If they would have been, gone up 28 to 3, gone for two, when they were up 20 to 3, would have been inevitable. But they they avoided <laughs> the, the the Voldemort of scores pretty much right there on the on if we're given uh curses a shout out this this podcast I shout just, out like, to curses yep 
yeah, shout out curses but like they i they tried about as hard as i've ever seen a team try to try to choke away a, a win like and stafford props to him he made a he made a great throw when when like it all came down to it and I don't know what the Bucks were doing, blitzing the guy who was lined up across from Cooper Cup. Like, makes no sense. I, I I'm not sure what happened there at all. What's their defensive coordinator's name? Todd Bowles. Yeah, Todd Bowles. And if Bruce Arians retires, Todd Bowles is probably going to be the one to take the head coaching job there. Even over Leftwich, huh? Yeah, but, I think over Leftwich. Yeah. But yeah, that was like talk about getting. You're complete, like just a Sunday was the biggest swing of emotions I've ever seen <laughs> as a sports fan. Like I was, I watched both of those games from a very neutral perspective because like, I really liked both the chiefs and the bills and that bucks Rams game. Like I was just like, I want to see a great game as well. And that you, you could not have the, like the, the NFL props to the, the screenwriters, man, they did a great job because that was just, like I didn't see the Cam Akers like collapse coming, like two fumbles. Cooper Cup also fumbles. Yeah, it was. The, there's the whole Stafford. I, I must have said the game is over. Everybody who I was watching, like Emily, my parents, all at different individual points of that game said this game's over. Like probably nope. five different times, and it never was. I told you, I've was. seen this script way too many times. Yeah, yeah, and you think I would have as well, but. Here, here's the know. crazy thing in a game where we thought Brady was going to be the deciding factor Stafford outplayed him by about 500 yards Stafford looked like he was the greatest of all time and Brady just looked like you know a good quarterback in that game but he just couldn't get rid of the ball quickly Stafford looked amazing in that game yeah and you know I will actually defend Tom Brady for probably the first time in my life because it it honestly seemed like he just had no chance from the like he, he you watch if you were to watch any matchup you just go watch that right tackle versus whoever the rams lined up on him and it was just game over every single snap like he he did not stand a chance and and like towards the end of the game he had hurt his ankle so he was like out there and like he was like being pushed back on like a oh, bad yeah. ankle the whole oh yeah brutal just brutal and i mean obviously i mean he he pretty much only had um it was kind of like rogers like rogers only looked to adams it was pretty much like brady only really had evans he threw to gronk a few times but gronk didn't look like like the gronk we've been accustomed to yeah um so definitely Ram, rams move on and the, the superstars the the team built the superstars prevail what, I, I have a couple more things to say before oh. we move on. No, 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 you're good. I was, How funny. I was I, these are just things popping into my head right here. How funny was it that Jalen Ramsey was getting mad at the other corner? I can't remember who it was at this time. And then because Mike Evans made a catch and then he switched on to Mike Evans and then allowed oh, yes. a touchdown. How yes. Funny oh, was my that? gosh. We forgot about that play where Mike Evans burns Ramsey so bad. Yes. Tom, Tom Brady does like probably got to be one of the he does not get enough credit for being one of the best deep ball passers of all time like everyone labels him as like just the dude like who is just incredibly smart and like kind of kind of put him in the Peyton Manning box now like on the twilight years of his career but I swear I've watched him throw like more amazing deep passes than any other quarterback 
he's very, very accurate and really good at reading the deep passes. That is, yeah. and apparently I, I was wondering about this one time and I think I was reading in like ESPN, the magazine or something. Apparently he has big hands. And mm. so he, he says he contributes his big hands to being able to throw the deep ball better in the wind. Like he was talking about how it is to play in cold weather and he attributed being able to throw a deep ball because of big hands. Really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I never would have thought when he went to Tampa Bay after watching those last couple of years in New England that he would have been, he's like, he's the leader in, in air yards the last two years. And I like, it's a completely different player and just <laughs> probably more like Arians just being like ready to watch this dude throw bombs. I'm so excited to have Tom Brady, but where are we at? Where I mean, he had a lot of comments today that, that blew up in the media. We probably need to address them. Where are you at? And you're like, what, what's the likelihood? Do you think he returns? I reached out to him on Instagram from my personal page. I haven't gotten a response yet. I just messaged him last night. Yeah. But he and I are pretty tight. Me and my buddy Tom are pretty tight. Yeah. I'm sure it's coming. I see him playing one more year. Yeah. And I see Bruce Arians coaching for one more year that's that's kind of where i feel like it's it's going but his his family was up in the box cheering him on his kids are getting older into that stage where they are doing sports or piano or things that he wants to be involved in so i think he's got one more year and that's all yeah i just can't see this being the last year like the way this went ended not that i really thought they would win the super bowl just because they were dealing with like, they were very much limping to the finish line. Mm-hmm. But, like it just didn't feel like this was like a fair chance at the same time, hindsight. Like, I, I don't think they, I, he should have just retired last year. Cause I don't think they're going to be able to do it with this roster in the next however long, even if Tom Brady plays three more years, I, I just, I would not expect them to, to win a super bowl at all. So he might request a trade to uh, San Francisco. Maybe. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, I won't get your hopes up. I won't get your hopes <laughs> up. The last thing I want to say about this game was local Utah legend Matt Gay from mm-hmm. Orem went mm. to the U, went went to UVU and then the U um kicked the game winning field goal. So good for local legend Matt Gay. Are we gonna talk about how he he might be the first kicker in the NFL I've ever seen to kick a 47 yarder short? <laughs> It was the weather, dude. The weather was really bothering him. He yeah. didn't play in Tampa Bay like two years ago. The weather yeah. was really bothering him. Yeah. Different, different elevation different from LA. It was the elevation. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I, I was just bewildered. I was like, man, he nailed it. <laughs> and then, then that little, that little thing shows up in the corner that like, is like, that says like, could have been good from 65 or like, yeah, could have been good from 65 yards. And then it just says short. And I was, I've never seen that. I had never, I was shocked. I was shocked that they even had like a graphic for it. Oh because yeah. It was, it was just bewildering to me that <laughs> it did not look that far. Apparently he was, someone said he was like dealing with an injury or something, but an ankle injury, I think. Yeah, probably. I don't know, man. That, that was, I was that was one of the most shocking things of the game. And there was no shortage of no shortage of shocking things. So, Oh yeah. Anyway, well, let's but move on. Obviously made the big kick, big kick, big kick, Matt gay guy. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the last game. Um, some have called this the best game ever. I definitely call this a 
the best game of the weekend bills oh. versus chiefs <laughs> um i i know I'll, I'll declare a little bit more about that later This game was absolutely insane in the fourth quarter. I think it was the best quarter of football I have ever seen. The most insane over the course of a whole game, maybe not the best whole game I've ever seen, but definitely the best quarter of football I have ever seen. Um, The Chiefs really kind of shut down Josh Allen and the Bills. A lot of big plays in the first half felt like they came from Josh Allen's feet and not from his arm. Um, but then towards the end of the game, this was just a rifle shootout, you know, Gabe Davis really stepped it up for the bills. Mahomes really played a a great game there at the end of the game. There was multiple scores within the last two minutes of the game. How did you feel about this? The chiefs obviously came out on a win on a, probably something that's not being talked about enough. The Travis Kelsey tiptoe in the corner of the end zone, um, for the touchdown was a really great play. How did you feel about this game? Like, what's what's kind of your thoughts there yeah I I agree with you from the standpoint of like I thought the the first half the first three quarters were exciting but the fourth quarter was really just the the main thing that made it special like it's the ultimate recency bias where it was like the nightcap of this incredible weekend and then like the fourth quarter was just literally the, the biggest shootout you could ever ask for like everything we actually hoped for um our pal Big Cat, he was worried all night because he had the over and he was <laughs> he was he was all over it. He thought it was dead the entire game until you get four touchdowns in the last two minutes, and each quarterback throws for what 180 yards plus in two minutes. Like, can we talk about the the Gabriel Davis route as well to, oh. to tie the game right before like you ever want to see a dead body on national television? We saw a dead body on that route you know how you say like you can break somebody's ankles i think that dude literally his ankles probably broke yeah he at least needs to claim it because i like otherwise no one will ever let it live let him live that down because that there's never yeah he better have walked off like big ben two walking boots when he left that field that night he he should have just stayed down and got carted off the field it was so (laughs) bad like honestly it was it was a great route but man that guy made it look even better so i i was like just amazed like gabe davis shot at him four touchdowns the first wide receiver to ever do that broke jerry rice's his playoff record like just just what can you say about like we could parrot all of the the media of about how great josh allen and patrick mahomes are all night long like those those two it is very much hopefully going to be like the brady manning thing that we had for 10 years and somehow it's with two guys that both have arms that can throw it out of the stadium and run all over the place i mean mahomes you mentioned allen in the first half he he really had to use his legs mahomes that first drive for the chiefs like he kept them in the game completely just using his legs it 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 had to be so frustrating to be that bill's defensive line and have like five chance to, to take him down on that drive and never get it done Mahomes is slippery it's so it's always so interesting to me like he'll have like hands on him and he'll just like slip away it's kind of like that Rogers factor Rogers isn't like super quick but it feels like he never gets sacked because he's so slippery yeah he is and he he actually does like he can unhook the trailer a bit and I don't know what his 40 time is but he's like one of those guys that looks looks faster in the game it feels like just oh yeah had 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 a 
a couple of crucial runs for him, um, like he did in their their playoff run two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. But I don't know, man. Like we I, we probably could talk about this game for forever, honestly. I honestly could talk about this whole weekend forever is what I feel like this. And it's just the perfect cap off to this weekend, you know, just a overtime game in the last, in the last two minutes of the game, there were 25 points scored. Right. So in the last two minutes of the game, including overtime, there were 33 points scored. How insane is that? No, that not just 31, bro- 31. Yeah, excuse. that broke all my statistics um, that my dad wanted uh, me to run for us a couple weeks ago for the statistical corner because, yeah, that was like just the, the pinnacle of uh, under two minutes scoring right there. Like, did you have, did you legitimately think there was any chance they would be able to, to get a field within field goal range with 13 seconds left? I thought what the Bills would do is they would allow – this it, it seemed so here's here's kind of my analysis on this with the 13 seconds left they allowed everything to go up the middle which is usually like a smart play when it's 13 seconds left and but they, they no had timeouts. three timeouts yeah they yes. had all of their timeouts force oh them to the sideline make them make short catches but they yep. were just allowing big up the middle catches which which wasn't a smart play by the bills i don't think that loses them the game um, I think there's obviously multiple things that, that go into a team losing the game. But what's crazy too is the Bills have probably the best tandem of safeties of any team in the league. And mm-hmm. they still ended up giving that up, which is the really just depressing part for Bills fans. Like that, you want to talk like as depressing of a loss as it can get. Like you had, they had two different instances in this game. Like the first touchdown they scored, um, to go ahead, you're you're like, all right, they left Mahomes way too much time. Yeah. But then they come down again, and it's like, all right, it's got to be over. Like they, they, I don't know why they didn't squib it. The people of Buffalo will probably be talking about it for the rest of their lives. Um, but they probably should have squibbed that last. Or that like last a sky kick. kick, so they can't like. Yeah. No, a fair catch. A fair catch still doesn't take yeah. off time. Squib it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just. It's just hard. I, should we should probably let's just cover the statistical corner really quick, unless you have no other things, right? I I have one question okay. for you, and then we'll move okay. to the to some other news. I know you have some other news for us. Then we'll take a break, and then go to the statistical corner. Okay, the corner is about this game. Oh, it's 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 the it's the stats you had me run for you. Oh, it is. So, okay, well then yeah. we'll do the statistical corner, then go to the break, then come to that okay. roundup. Um, okay. I have one question for you before you go to the statistical corner. How how many catches would it take you to break your hands from a Josh Allen or Mahomes pass? <laughs> Those even, dudes w- wouldn't even get to one catch because I would try catching it and my both my hands would just fly off my body and I'd never be able to use I'd just be I'd be stumping it out there. They are lasers, they are rockets coming at you. It is insane. Yeah, yeah I, I I I would probably be too scared to try to catch it with my hands, so I'd let it hit my chest. <laughs> and then I just fly back like 30 yards, like a cartoon. Okay. Honestly. That's what I wanted yeah. to ask. Good. Yeah. So, so let's move on to the statistical okay. corner then, Scooter. Okay. So you, the, the whole, the whole dialogue this whole week is going to be, should the, the NFL change the overtime rules? Um, because we all inevitably knew it. That if you watch the game, you knew the chiefs once they won the coin toss, the game was pretty much over. Ne- neither defense was going to be able to step up at that point. 
Chiefs fans have loved to claim that they, they should have just played defense and should have got the stop. Um, but they would have been singing the same old tune as they were two years ago in 2019 when they didn't get a chance to, or 2018 when they didn't get to beat um, the Patriots in that AFC, that first AFC championship game. They actually submitted a, a reform of the rules and it was, was denied back then. So they, they've, they've been through it as well. The Chiefs have had to suffer through the consequences of it. Um, your, your question for me was, you wanted me to run some numbers on how many times it actually happened where a team got the coin toss in overtime and then they went and scored a touchdown. And out of the 22 games that there were this season that went to overtime, only five times um, a team actually went down and just scored the touchdown and ended it. The, this game, obviously, the, the last game before that, that happened was that Chiefs-Chargers game on Sunday night football or Monday night football, whatever it was. Maybe it was Thursday night. I can't remember. I can't but, remember, yeah. But, but which at the time seemed like the game of the year as well. Um, and the Chargers, Justin Herbert never got a chance. So essentially what that says to me is like, it is probably kind of an overreaction because it doesn't happen all the time. Um, and you, like, there's, there's an argument to both sides of it where I kind of land on the fence is like in the playoffs, like there's no reason to not just give both teams a chance to score a touchdown. I see. And that's been my thoughts in the regular season. Just leave it in the playoffs. Maybe you could do. If, if the first team scores a touchdown, the next team has a chance to score a touchdown. And then whoever scores first next, even if it's a field goal, it doesn't have to be a touchdown. Like, let's say yeah. they score two touchdowns back to back. Then you, whoever scores the next field goal, whoever gets the next points at all wins. So, yep. I, 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 I think that would be a good compromise as well. I, I think that's a better compromise going forward. I think the league's going to look into it and, and look into statistics like this, where it's, you know, under 25% of the games actually have that happen. But <clears throat> interesting. Thanks for running those, uh, running those statistics for us, Scooter. Let's go to a quick break. We're actually going to call this our halftime. We're going to go to a halftime break. Ooh. We'll hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll, we'll be talking about uh, the conference championship. We'll also be talking a little other news and college basketball and NBA. So stay tuned. All right, everyone. Welcome back from that break. Scooter is going to lead us into some other news around the world and around the NFL. Let's hear it, Scooter. I, I, as always, I never have any. I don't have anything around the world. But Come around, on, you don't have any soccer around the world? Any curling? No curling going on? We've got the Olympics coming up, and I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about what's happening with that. Other than it's like before the Super Bowl, right? Oh, like it, It's starting before the Super Bowl, I think. That's really unfortunate. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But as far as the NFL news, the, the big news that dropped today was uh, New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pretty much like an atom bomb, just decided to up and walk away from the Saints. And I, I personally did not see it coming at all. Did you know about any of this or had heard any of, anything about this? The first thing it was I heard last night was the owner of the New Orleans Saints was at a Pelicans game. And she basically said that Gail Benson, I think is her name. She basically said that um, Sean Payton is MIA. They haven't been able to contact him. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So that yeah. last night was the first thing. Monday night, Monday, January 24th was the first thing I ever heard anything uh, about it. 
Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I got major Pete Carroll vibes from uh, the whole thing where Pete Carroll famously, like, just gave USC a ton of sanctions, a ton of recruiting violations. And then <laughs> right as they were about to get banned, um, up and left for the Seattle Seahawks. Peyton um, didn't do any cheating per se, but he essentially uh, dragged the Saints into the worst cap situation in all of the NFL and is now just deciding to bounce. So Peyton is one of the best coaches in the NFL. This this was just insanely shocking to me because I you, you think about the Saints, you think about Drew Brees, and you think about Sean Payton. Like that's what it's been for the last 15 years. So I had no like no forewarning of of this happening. I think a lot of Saints fans are in the same boat as well. And I don't really know where they go from here at all because they've they've been a successful they like Sean Payton is why the Saints were just like the Saints were kind of like the Lions. Like their fans just wore bags on their heads all the time before Sean Payton ever got there. And, I could honestly see it becoming a similar situation to that with him gone. Uh, yeah. As, as we've talked about the coaching carousel, I don't see this as like a prime destination. I see this at man, maybe one of the worst two destinations <laughs> to go to in all honesty, just because of the cap space and all of the assets that you don't have that you probably need as a coach. You're not signing up to coach Jameis famous Jameis. Oh, I would sign up or, personally or, yeah. or Taysom Hill. I would sign up personally. I well, we would other, take Taysom to other, the uh, <laughs> to the ship. What other team gives you the option of dual threat at QB? I think we, as the dual threat podcast, need to take ownership of the New Orleans Saints. Could we be co-head coaches? I think we could run the <laughs> co-head coach. We could have a dual threat coaching staff and a dual threat quarterback room. Oh, this this Man. is lining up perfectly. Wow. And, and then we can finally carry out my, my vision of signing all those former Hall of Fame wide receivers for the Saints after all, too. I bet Terrell Owens or Chad Ochocinco would come back for us. It would be pretty uh, sweet. Yeah, that wouldn't take much convincing, I bet. But seriously, the Saints, uh, I like you, like, I, I would rather go to the Saints than the Giants, that's for sure. But I'm not sure. Like I'd, I'd probably rather go to the Jaguars still. I at least can squeeze something out of Trevor Lawrence. Maybe um, the, the bears, maybe I, it's, it gets questionable because the saints still do really have a good defense. Mm-hmm. Like they still have a lot of great pieces on defense. I don't know about Justin Fields yet. Um, I think he's going to be good, but you never know. So I don't know. There's like you said, there's just really not. And there's, it's not really a tantalizing option. Yeah. And and you don't like the Giants, but Giants is like my number one team I'd go to this oh, offseason. That, that just sounds like disaster waiting to happen for you, Hag. I'm sorry. I know it'd be it'd be really, <laughs> really bad. So but <laughs> yeah. But that's that's like I said, that's all I've got for the NFL news. Obviously, the main focus will be on the, the games we got this week, which it's about time we get into them. Two games this week championship weekend three games left three games of football until september oh you forget four. Oh yeah the pro, the pro bowl. bowl you always yeah. forget about the pro bowl you always do this to the pro bowl oh man it's true i don't know how i do you know what we need you know what, what we need back from the pro bowl do you remember when like 
uh, they would do like the quarterback arm challenges and like who yes. would throw it the furthest. We need those back. That would make the Pro Bowl the Pro Bowl again. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I would. I I would definitely like they got to make it somewhat like NBA All Star Weekend because even if you don't really watch the NBA, that All Star Weekend is still kind of worth it to to tune into a little bit. At least you know? like the skills challenge or something. Do something like that. They should just do an NFL dunk contest. Oh. Just on the goalposts. Jimmy stuff. Graham. I'm taking Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Oh, First yeah. pick. Yeah. Cool. Well, let, let's go into the championship game. Four games left in the season. Scott always forgets about the Pro Bowl. Don't forget about it. Let's start with the first game that's left. Bengals versus Chiefs. The AFC Championship. Sunday, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This game was played just a few weeks ago. It was a field goal game. What are your thoughts on this one, Scooter? Well, doing my research for this game, the biggest thing that jumped out to me is last time these two teams played, Jamar Chase had more wide receiving yards than Patrick Mahomes had passing yards by himself. And he was shocked about that. He was told about that in his press conference afterwards. And he was like, no, I don't believe that. Yeah. And you go, whoever, go look at the box score. It happened somehow. And what this game for me will come down to is to, will, will Tyra and Matthew be able to play um, for the Chiefs? Because if not, I think it could look a lot like what the Bills did in the fourth quarter to the Chiefs. Um, like I, I, the weapons of the Bengals, say whatever you want about his line. Like Joe Burrows, he's still going to be able to find time to get the ball to his guys at least enough time to make plays to win the game. Obviously, they won the game last last time they played, um, but it's a different story at Arrowhead. And like the Chiefs, their their defense, time and time again in the playoffs, still finds ways to show up. And so that's like the story of the game for me is like, will the chief the, the Chiefs pass rush is is I'm expecting it to look like a Hall of Fame pass rush, <laughs> not just because the Bengals' offensive line is that bad, but just because. They somehow, they show up every time the, the, the lights are bright in the playoffs. Yeah, they definitely do, especially at Arrowhead. You mentioned that it is at Arrowhead. That is huge for the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, this is a really weird game. You didn't say who you're going with, so I'm just going to go off of this. No, I didn't yet, but I'm the, waiting. I, I, I will. I will say who I'm going with. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure you're going to give us something. Yeah, yeah. This, to me, these teams feel like almost mirror images of each other good quarterback to a great quarterback you know like young quarterback really on the rise weapons on offense Andy Reid yeah two two of Scott's favorite offensive coaches coaches. (laughs) (laughs) a a mediocre to like you know above average defense you know just not like the greatest defense ever not the worst defense ever just like kind of middle of the pack defenses yeah both very opportunistic like they the way they the way they succeed is forcing turnovers. You're right. Yes. So it it's just kind of like we're watching like two mirror image teams play. And, and yeah, there's different players and different schemes and different things going on. I This is just so wild that Joe Burrow two years ago was at LSU winning a championship, got injured, and now could potentially be changing the whole Cincinnati Bengals franchise to give them hope and to give them success going forward. I think the chiefs are going to win. I'm going to take the Bengals because I really, really, really badly want the Bengals to win. 
I really <laughs> want to see them in the championship game. I think that would just be, it, it, it's just a life-changing thing for Bengals fans, for the city of Cincinnati, and for Joe Burrow going forward. He can set the standard of this is the standard that we're living to. So I'm going with the Bengals. I do think the Chiefs are going to win, though. I, I think at this point in time, everybody outside of people from Kansas City are actively pulling for the Bengals. And that has nothing to do with the likability of the Chiefs as much as it has to do with like wanting to root for the underdog. Um, And the clear underdog in the Bengals, who are a very likable underdog as well, combined with the fact that Patrick Mahomes' uh, wife and brother might be the two most annoying people on the planet as well. (laughs) So like that just in itself, like is just the perfect recipe for everyone i mean they're gonna you're gonna want to see you you want to see the Bengals win and you, i don't i i don't know what the the formula is necessarily to beat patrick mahomes but you can beat the chiefs it's possible we've seen it be done and i i'm i'm taking the chiefs personally just because i i just i know the mahomes magic is is inevitable and it's it's joe burrow he had a quote this week saying like no NFL stadium he's played in so far has matched what he felt in the SEC, like no, like the, the noise factor. I, I think the Chiefs stadium will, will kind of knock him, uh, knock him back a little bit this week. I still think he'll have a great game, but I think it'll be a lot for these young Bengals to, to come out and do um, just this weekend. So you're going so with the right pick. I'm just trying to speak it into existence. The Chiefs oh, is yeah. definitely the right pick. 100%. No, I, I, I believe you. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, we're in 100% agreement. So, okay. speaking of formulas, I, I forgot to mention this earlier. I did not. So, you know, every game I kind of have these formulas that I go and, you know, I, I'm really, I, I look like Einstein up at the board. I've got these huge <laughs> derivatives, everything going into this thing. And, one thing I didn't factor into the Bengals game last week was Ryan Tannehill. I completely mm. left him out as a variable. Yeah. And it, it was a rookie mistake leaving that out. So I don't know the formula for the Bengals right now. The only equation I have for them is they have to score more points than the chiefs and they'll get a win. I don't know how they do it though, but. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to essentially like come up with a game script for how the Bengals would win, it is essentially the same way they beat the Titans this last week, except they're going to need to protect Joe Burrow. They need to allow, allow more like five or six sacks um, <laughs> this game. We're, we're not going to hope for two or three because that just isn't going to happen. No. Like that's, yeah, there's no way that happens. But you need, you, you need Jesse Bates is, is a superstar for their secondary. Like you need him to come up with a couple intercept, like an, an interception at least. Um, and at the same time, like you can't let like as good as the Bengals are in in offensively, you can't let it get to a shootout. Like you've got to control the the game with with Joe Mixon. He's got to be able to break big runs. Um, so I don't know. That's that's my best that's my best game script for how the Bengals would win. Not a great one. Agreed. This is Zach Taylor's coming out game. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Well, let's move on. You are our NFC West expert, Scooter. Huh. This is your l- probably last time being the NFC West expert this year. Niners versus Rams. 
all comes down to this. 4.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So all, all of the people that go to bed at, at 8 p.m. Can, can definitely watch this game. Yes. The Niners well, have had the, the Rams number. What are you feeling in this one, man? I'm so I'm interested to hear what you have to say as a fan <laughs> and as a, as a guy who's seen a lot of these guys play. Oh, man. Well, you know, I, coming into the season, I, I, I anticipated there would at least be one NFC West team playing to go to the Super Bowl. I, I, I would have, I'd be lying to you if I thought it would be both. Uh, I thought it would be two teams um, just because the NFC, like you still have the Packers, you have the Bucks, but I, I'm not sure if the 49ers necessarily deserve to be here in a lot of rights. You can make the case for the Rams. Like they, they were great throughout the entire season. The 49ers have, they've managed to just get hot at the right time. The main thing for me is the, um, prospect um and the concept of can a team who swept a team in the regular season how hard is it for that team to win that third game for, for the 49ers it gets a little bit more interesting because they've they've now beat the rams six straight times as opposed to just two times this season and the numbers i found on this is there are there have been 21 instances or 22 instances i mean of a team sweeping in the regular season and then playing that team again in the playoffs. Just throw a number out there. I want, I want to see how many times you think um, the sweeping team has then won uh, in the playoffs out of those 22 games. By sweeping team, you mean they've gotten two wins against the opposing team. Yeah. Ooh, three times. 14. 14 what? Times. Yes. Really? Four, yeah. Four, 14 oh. times the 22 times. 14 times that the team that has been swept has won. No. Oh, no. I totally, yeah. wow. I yeah. am shocked. I totally thought the team that had been swept would somehow get it done. I don't know why that was my thought. Yeah, I've got the. Well, I mean, I'm with you because that's the narrative. It's like, it's impossible to beat. Like it's impossible to beat a team three times. And I was in the same camp before I did my, uh, my research. And I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I was shocked as well. Um, so 14 out of 22 times last year, we saw that the, the, the saints had beat the, the, the most recent example is the saints beat the bucks um, twice last year in the regular season. And then they actually lost um, to the bucks in the playoffs. So they were one of those eight teams um, that didn't make it happen, but I don't know, man, it, it, it is, very very this game just makes makes me like cringe on the inside a lot because i really did not want to see the rams at all as a 49ers fan personally so that's that's my analysis for you i don't know what i don't know what else to to give you other than what i think will happen is the nfl last year the bucks got to play a home game um for the super bowl this year, I think the Rams will be playing a home game in the Super Bowl as well. I, I think that the NFL is going to find a way to get the the Chiefs-Rams matchup that they really want. So you're going with the Rams? I'm going with the Rams, unfortunately. I'm doing my best to lose out this championship <laughs> game. I'm going to go with the Niners. The oh. Niners seem like the team that you know, they kind of have this formula to be all NFC teams, run the ball, control the ball. And 
do your best to, to control the game and have Kyle Shanahan try to outwit another coach. This, this is something we've seen, like you mentioned, like you mentioned the last six times for the Niners versus Rams. Sean McVay's probably got a little bit of chip on his shoulder though. Right. And, and he's been semi-conservative with Stafford up until last week. Maybe he goes and have Stafford try to gunsling it around. And, and what I've seen over Stafford's career, I'm the biggest Stafford backer there. There probably is in the, in the whole wide world outside of Detroit. You can get some really, really inconsistent play from Stafford, which means a, potentially a couple of picks, which is exactly what the Niners need. They need a couple of picks. I want to go with our boy, Matt Gay in the Rams, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Niners. I'm, I, you haven't picked them this whole playoffs, so I'm gonna pick them the whole playoffs. That's I guess. not true. I picked them versus the Cowboys. Oh, I did okay. Pick them versus the Cowboys. Oh, that's but... right. I flipped to the Cowboys yeah. because yeah. you took the Niners. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm gonna pick the Niners when you don't pick them. I'm gonna pick them this week and and go with them. You you make a great point though for the case of the 49ers is that's that's the exact thing they want is to have to make this into a game where Matt Stafford feels like he has to beat them. Matt, Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. Um, amazing. I love Matt amazing. Stafford. I know. Yeah. And the, the first game, Matt Stafford was probably the reason why the first game this year, he threw the, threw the bad interception um, on the bomb Dodo Beckham and he threw the pick six, the very next drive to Jimmy Ward. And that was pretty much the game for the Rams. And so I think the 49ers like that, as, as hot as the Rams offense has become the 49ers defense is, is just as hot. Like the way they're playing the, the pass rush is insane. Um, they're going to want to, to turn this into a game where Matt Stafford can make some mistakes and, and they can run the ball and get the hands, get the ball in the hands of, of the best player. The best two wide receivers in football are going to be going at it. And I, I'm sick that I have to watch this game a third time because it, it always stresses me out. I would have rather played Tom Brady as silly as that sounds. Um, but yeah, as a 49ers fan, I, I don't feel extremely optimistic. I love it. Good analysis. Good analysis there. Giving me hope for my Niners pick. I hope so. I hope you're right. You know, you know more than anyone. I hope I'm wrong. So I, I love that you've done the emotional hedge. Yeah. You gotta love it. <laughs> you know, what's dumb is like, at this point, there's no, it's not me hedging it. It's not like our picks matter. <laughs> no, not at all. They just, we're just making it. Oh, them. you know what? Screw it. I'm taking the 49ers as well. We're going 49ers. No, go back to the Rams. No, we're going both. We're both going 49ers. <laughs> okay, I'll go the Rams then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We've got to, maybe we'll have to do this next year, you know, get some sort of like incentive to win games especially like into these playoff games, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll maybe look into some incentive, incentive stuff there, but some, some, uh, some punishment, a punishment you're talking and practical joker style punishment, maybe something good. I don't know. I'm just thinking Ooh. of some sort of incentive. We'll, we'll have to brainstorm okay. some ideas there, but okay. that wraps up our conference championship weekend scooter. Why don't you move us on to these other sports, mainly basketball being college basketball in the NBA. Why don't you lead us off there, man? Well, we've spent plenty of time talking football, so let's let's do just a quick wrap up. Um, biggest news out of college basketball was Auburn. I was wrong all week long. I was texting you. I was like, "Hammer, hammer Kentucky, hammer the Wildcats. They're gonna go into Auburn. It's a major letdown spot for Auburn." And Auburn was great um, that game. They took down Kentucky, and it jumped. It, it allowed them to jump Gonzaga 
to the number one spot for their first time in school history. I didn't see that coming. I did not see, I thought we were going to do the whole Gonzaga is number one from January to March again. <laughs> and I did, I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see it at all. We're not seeing it. We're, we're looking good right now. Yeah. We got lucky with that. Um, this week is a, a big, big week in terms of, of games um, before Sunday, at least. So before football, if you're still craving more sports, if you're still high off sports, get a little bit of your fix in with college basketball tonight. As we're recording, um, I'm going to look like an idiot because I'm going to give a prediction on the game tonight that'll probably go really wrong. But number three, Arizona goes to number seven, UCLA tonight at nine. Hey, what do you think is going to happen in that game? You, I know you're a UCLA guy. Pac-12, we had the opportunity to go to the UCLA-Utah game. We missed it. We didn't go. Should We blew that because that was a great game. Blew it. I squeaked it out. Johnny Juzang, 26 points, leads them to the win tonight. Go UCLA. Okay, okay. I'm taking UC. I'm with you as well. Arizona is like their number three for a reason. I think they're, they're first in assists in the country, first in like rebounding in the country, and like third in, in scoring, something like that. So they, they are just like they've completely revitalized their team from getting that assistant head coach from Gonzaga as their head coach. So – that should be a really great game. I'm taking UCLA money line. Arizona's favored by two and a half. You got wow. to hammer UCLA money line. Wow. Um, it's also the SEC Big 12 challenge. We've got number 12 Kentucky going to number five Kansas for the first college game day of the year. Um, something to watch for. KU currently two wins behind Kentucky um, for the all-time leader in wins by any school. So a lot, lot on the line. A lot on the line in the fog. Who's going to guard the big O? That's my question in that game. Oh, my gosh. Uh, hopefully not uh, David McCormick is all I will tell you. <laughs> hey, you starter, because big O, take him in your DraftKings lineup. He might be going for a 30-30 game versus David McCormick. Ooh, nice. The big O has had some some incredible games in his uh, past experiences to the fog. So I am not, I'm not looking forward to that, that <laughs> matchup. But we also get number four at B- Baylor at Alabama. I think that will be a really great game as well. And is Bama not ranked Saturday. anymore? Bama is not ranked. They've they've mm. had a couple of a uh, couple of head scratching losses, but they're also still the team that like they're they're essentially like that don't want to face them ever team. Like I no thought they were what, the best team in the SEC outside of Auburn. So I'm shocked. Yeah, there's they they've just they've taken a couple of head scratching losses, and I think they're like fifth or sixth in the SEC currently. So, Dang. yeah, I mean, hmm. but they can they can score with anyone, so it doesn't really matter who they're uh, they're playing. So I I also kind of like Alabama maybe to be an upset alert. My other upset alert pick is I think Iowa takes down number six Purdue. This is this week. your lock of the week? Well, let's let's call it in lock of the week. Iowa, unranked Iowa, beats Purdue at home. Wow. What's the spread on that one? Do you know off the top of your head? They, they, haven't, they haven't released it okay. yet. But I'm, I'm taking Iowa money line. doesn't matter. Wow. Plus 15 points, I'm taking Iowa money <laughs> That's impressive. Write it down, everybody. Get that on the line. Yeah. Scott's lock of the week here. Hold, Iowa hold, upsets Purdue. Hold me to it. I can't wait to look like an idiot next podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love Good it. Good thing we're going to forget about it. Yep, 100%. I will forget about that, but good thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I got for, for the CBB world. We talk, should we talk a little NBA? 
pretty much got about. Let's touch real quick on the NBA. I know we had some MVPs and some awards that we had preseason going on. This is a good year. There's a lot of good players out there in the NBA. There, there are a lot of good players. Some really, really pretty good players that I like <laughs> to watch. We've clearly both been watching a lot of NBA. <laughs> I've I've watched a couple of games uh, this last week. You know, I've actually watched probably more games in the last two weeks than I have in the whole season. Yeah. Uh, so I there, there's really a lot of great teams out there. There's probably four great teams out of the Western Conference, and there's probably four great teams out of the Eastern Conference right now. Um, you know, you have the Bulls, the Bucks, the Heat, and the um, Nets out of the East. And the 76ers, you know, are, are great. They're the sixth seed right now, I'm pretty sure. But out of, out of the West, you have the Lakers, who will always come around, uh, the Warriors, the Jazz, and the Suns. You know, with LeBron, they have a fighting chance. So That's true. It, it's really interesting to see that there's been more of a balance across the East and the West right now. And, and really to see how great Curry has been this year, to see how great Embiid's played this year without Ben Simmons um just to name two guys there's there's probably a bunch of other guys chris paul doing what he's doing still in in phoenix with devin booker they i watched the jazz uh suns game last night and and devin booker went absolutely insane and chris paul was just doing what he does best so yeah i caught some of that game too and i saw that no none of the starters for the jazz were playing and i pretty much instantly changed the channel because it's just like what the <laughs> what the heck is yeah. going on, man? Any any given night, what I have I have been fortunate to watch quite a bit of 76ers and Joel Embiid. You can say whatever you want about that dude. He is he is like as good of a player as I've ever seen play in the NBA. Like he just the things he does from like now he is he is literally point center for them a lot of times <laughs> in the game. Yep. It's crazy. It's crazy. He had a 50 banger the other night. I, I think he's averaging the most points in the league right now at like 33. He's averaging more points than he has minutes per game. That's insane. That's 33 points insane. in 31 minutes per game. That's insane. Unreal. So, yeah, I, I like if I'm going to be watching NBA games right now, it's probably going to be Joe Embiid or Steph Curry, whatever he's doing. The Suns still, man, they are just like have a four game lead on the Warriors and on any team in the East, they have an eight game lead. So, they're they're st- like the only team to not reach double digit losses yet. So they're insane. They, they picked right up where they left off somehow. And shout out Alex Caruso and screw Grayson Allen because boy oh boy, it, apparently Grayson Allen is still a scumbag. And we all knew that. Yeah, we did. We did. But just he just loves to give us uh, chances to remember how much of a, a dirt bag he is. So. <laughs> Totally, totally. I do have a few things in the trade market, mostly for the Jazz, and then I have one free agent signing um, potentially Ooh. to watch out for, just in, in general. So I, you know, the Jazz are trying to look into players that could really up their team and potentially, you know, make a big splash in their team. There is one guy that I've thought of that hasn't really performed as well as one team hoped, uh, and that's Rocco. Robert Covington from the Portland Trailblazers. I could see the Jazz trying to make a move at him. He's kind of underperformed at the Trailblazers. Could come in and be that good, you know, uh, three, four guy, you know, kind of guard a lot of the smaller ball lineups, which the Jazz need help with. So Rocco could be just, just looking at it from an outside edge. Maybe Rocco is a play for the Jazz there. 
The other thing I have is I've I've heard around the league that James Harden is looking to go into free agency this year because he's not super happy about the whole Kyrie situation. I did see that, which is just the Nets are just the reality TV show of of the NBA still somehow. And it makes me wonder, like, how much is Kevin Durant grateful that he went there? Because it just like it just seems like every other day there's a, a new story that comes out of Brooklyn that is just somebody is tired of playing basketball. And Kevin Durant, like, if there's anything you can say about him, that guy just wants to play basketball. So it's kind of probably got to be so annoying to be with both of those guys. Oh, I I don't know. I don't know how he does it. The dude's a definition of a true hooper. And he's playing with uh, he, he's playing with Kyrie and I, I think James Harden and him fit very well. But then you bring in all of Kyrie's drama and James Harden doesn't like that. So yeah, I whatever. Yeah, I mean somehow Brooklyn again is not uh, leading the East as well. Should I double down on my prediction from last year? Double down, hit it. I mean, I would, wouldn't also wouldn't have thought that the Heat and the Bulls would be number one and two in the East as well. So no way. Well, yeah. One last thing I have to say is uh, I know there's a lot of speculation about Ben Simmons just because he hasn't been playing for the 76ers. I don't see him being dished at this trade deadline. I see the 76ers with Daryl Morey holding out on him and, and waiting until the offseason when there are more suitors. Right now, you have only about half the league who are trying to fight for playoff spots. And so I, I feel like they feel like their market will be better once they get into the off season. So don't watch out for a Ben Simmons trade here. I'm not, I shouldn't expect it at all then, huh? I, I, I wouldn't expect it. Nope. Don't get your hopes up. Okay. I, I won't. I, I'll get my hopes up that he just sticks on the bench for the rest of the year. <laughs> which is, which is what's going to happen. So, well, well, scoot scooter, uh, that wraps it up, man. Do you have any closing remarks, any shout outs to give before we head out? I got a shout out for the voice of college basketball, Dick Vitale. He announced he was not going to be announcing any more games this year oh. because of uh, some some issues he's having with his vocal cords. So shout out to him. Uh, that's a bummer that he won't be with us anymore this year. So I, I'm officially starting a petition for, for Bill Walton to call every single game of college basketball for us. <laughs> I love it. I love that. So, uh, you know, a good replacement for Dickie V is uh, Bill Walton. Let's hope for Big it. Bill. Big Bill. Big wave Billy. We I love it. it. I love it. I want to shout out Zach Wilson and the Jets. Um, just no reason. I just love Zach Wilson. So go, go Zach. <laughs> love it. I, I didn't want to go with the soccer thing here today. So I went, wanted to go with another guy that I like. Go Zach good Wilson. Call. No explanation needed. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. I love it. Well, that wraps it up. Let's head on out. We hope you all have a great week, a great day, and we'll catch you on the flippity flop. See ya.